All right, special guest, will you introduce yourself? Hi there. Um, I'm Pastor Dan Tisdell. Um, I am the fairly, fairly newly installed pastor of St. Luke in Sunnyvale, California. Um, uh, previously of um, a pastor in uh, both Roswell, New Mexico, and in a little town in the mountains of Colorado, and a longtime friend of of Megan. At this point, I can say longtime friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah has been a long time. Um, what are some of the intersections of how you identify, or ways that that you would? Describe yourself with some adjectives to folk who have never met you before. Um, you know, I feel like I'm a I'm, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, um, which uh, really affects the way I not just my personal life, but my in my work as a pastor. Um, it's funny how how many things that I. I've, I just have so many different interests and passions and stuff and how much that um, connects with is a, is a valuable tool in, in my ministry, but also as a human being, be able, being able to relate to people. I, I, I feel like we don't give enough credit to relationship in general. Right. And so I always tend to harp on that around here and in my life that everything is about relationship. And so have being this person that has got this wide, super wide, crazy wide variety of passions means that there's usually some common ground for me to, to connect with people. So that's a, uh, a big part of, of who I am. Um, I've got a lot of um, too many hobbies, basically. Well, let's name a couple of them. Um, would you say you identify as Lutheran? Oh, that kind of intersection. Let me, let's, let me back up. Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm Lutheran. I'm an ELCA Lutheran, fairly, not fairly, very progressive. Um, um, I am, I don't know. I need, I need prompts here, I guess. Yeah. Well, Would how else do I identify as a woodworker? I am a cis white male. Do you identify as a woodworker? I do identify as a, well, that's one of those many, many, you're just now you're just leading questions well, it's funny actually um I, I have a hard time not telling stories it's just who i am um the, the i'm on this new call and there was a committee one of our committees um met i i could only attend the beginning of the meeting and i had to leave and somebody brought up that the the sign the church sign that has the name of the church on it is kind of it's gotten a little dingy, needs some repair, and originally had the old pastor's name on it and stuff. And they said, well, we need to find, we should probably get that cleaned up and fixed up and, and put the new pastor's name on it. Who can we ask? And they said, I know a woodworker. And they, so I'm admitting, I'm being <laughs> requested <laughs> to uh, put my own name on the sign because I'm the most qualified person I could think of. Um, What's the largest thing you've made out of wood? I built a, you, you know, uh, I, I know. built a, <laughs> they don't know. I know. I just think it's funny. I, I appreciate you leading the question because my brain is, is in a little bit of a fog right now. Uh, I built an 18 foot, um, cedar strip wooden canoe and I've built, um, 
furniture from from tables and dining room tables and desk chairs um all sorts of things almost everywhere i've i mean everywhere i've lived like half of my furniture in my house i built because i can um so for me that's actually a really um it's an important part of my own self-care which i kind of we'll talk a little bit about here but i but um my own sort of taking care of myself and having something that's just my own my own thing but also uh um and combine it with taking care and thinking about other people you know i make my christmas gifts for instance most years and sometimes it's something simple like salt and pepper shakers or um this year i made um to go coffee mugs with people's names and epoxy and stuff and wood and you know it's 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 fun but it's also my self-care because i have a way of um I, I have to disconnect a little bit um for me um being able to i i think the way that i need to 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 take care of myself is to not be thinking about everything all the all the problems in my life all the stress in my life um and so for me the ways that i take care of myself the most are the times that i can not have to think about that stuff um and woodworking i partly have to do that because if you think about that stuff you'll cut a finger off that's you know I, I have all 10 of my fingers um so so i think it's part of it you just get you know, I love getting to the point where I also have, I'm a little ADHD and I have that hyper-focus thing, right? Which a lot of ADHD people have. And people say, you're easily distracted. I'm like, I can be easily distracted, but I can also be the opposite where you can't distract me. Like it's almost impossible to distract me. And that's actually a lovely place if you're not, if you're not like a, if you have a partner, if you're not offending a partner or something else you have to attend to, or I can be so into something that hours will pass and I won't even... I won't even know. And that's to me lovely that I, when I can give myself that specifically with woodworking, I've told people at this church and also on my previous call that <clears throat> a way to know how healthy I am, how, how good I am being and taking care of myself is to ask how much time have I spent in my wood shop? Because if I've, if I've, I haven't spent any time in the week in my wood shop, that's not, that's, I'm probably, I'm probably too much in my head and too much stressing about things, right? Um, if I've spent at least four to six hours in my wood shop, I'm probably having a real good week. And sometimes more when I'm behind on my Christmas presents or whatever, you know. So um, there's a few ways that for me, it's about, I, I think sometimes when we think about self-care, we think it's about pampering ourselves or taking vacation time. And I, that's lovely but it doesn't necessarily disconnect my brain. And so that, you know, when they, you know, you say sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation, like sometimes you take days off and you come back and you're more tired and more stressed. Was it really self-care, right? So um, it, I'm actually taking a vacation next week and we've, my fiance and I have gone out of our way to say, we're not, Outside of where we're where we're staying each night, we're really not scheduling much. We'll do stuff, but we just kind of want to. If we want to sleep in some morning, if we want to just not do something, if we want to, on a whim, go drive somewhere, 
that gives us the the flexibility to do that. It doesn't, and when it gets overscheduled, then you have to think about it, then you stress about it, then you come home more tired than you were before. So I think sometimes people's perceptions on what is self care is not actually not actually helpful, right? So. Well, one of my one of my favorite things about you is that you have like these really robust ways that you do wellness. Whether or not you feel well at the end of them can be a whole podcast in and of itself. But like, I think um, you're someone who is willing in your like non-work time to go far afield and like do things that are are in and outside space, including uh, writing including acting, including, um, I think, just engaging in other fields that are not what people might imagine when they think of, like, the pastor hanging out at the local church. Yeah, one of the, um, I'm glad you brought that up, one of the things for me, um, in college, um, I, I had a, I got, I did a lot of theater in college, didn't do any in high school, and um, multiple times, including recently, I've had people say, oh, you do acting. Can we all jump in and do this show? And I'm like, no. And it's actually for, ironically, self-care is wrapped up in all of it, right? Um, no, because I just started this new call. And I know that if you're in a show, it's it tends to be all encompassing. You know, you it's, you know, five nights a week plus days plus other things. So um I, I missed out on being able to be in a, a production of Les Mis because of that. I'm like, no, I just can't. And uh, recently, a production of Jesus Christ Superstar, I could have auditioned for. I'm like, I just, I've been in that before. And I would love it, but I, I'm aware of my own limitations too. But when I found myself doing um, on my previous call when I lived in Roswell, um, I wasn't. I, I got connected with the, the theater because I had been, um, I had attended a few shows at the theater. Um, and was thoroughly unimpressed with uh, not the show itself, but especially the sets, the sets and the props. They basically had the same exact set for three shows in a row. And I went to somebody and I said, I mean, the show's fine. It's entertaining, but the sets all look the same. And um, they said, oh, do you have experience with theater? I'm like, yeah, I have a, I have a degree in theater. I've done 50 shows maybe. And they said, oh, you should come be involved. I'm like, no. Like, because I know as soon it's like I can't do anything part way, right? So I said, no, I'm gonna be involved. Then then there goes any social life I might have had. Um, and they said, Well, what what would it take? And I said, Well, every actor has their their roles that they that they want to do before they die. And um, they said, Well, what are your roles? And I'm like, I, so I listed a few, I, I said, uh, Caiaphas from Jesus Christ Superstar, the the voice of the plant from Little Shop of Horrors, or um, Don Quixote from Man of La Mancha. And they said, we're doing Man of La Mancha this coming fall. And I said, no, you're not. You're just, you're just telling me that to try to get me to come out. Well, they, they were, and they did, and I auditioned and I got the part. So then once I was in, then um, I spent a lot of time, uh, I was in four shows over three years. Um, but I, I designed and or built about eight sets out of 12. And it's the same thing as the woodworking conversation, right? It's, um, it's great to have help, but I actually liked the days that 
I would, because with my pastor schedule, the times I can be there versus the times that other people could be there to help me were very different sometimes. So I'd show up at like 7 p.m. on a Thursday night and work on a set for five hours till midnight. And they allowed me to do that. And it, it, it is self-care because I've had this stressful long day. Now let me go creatively figure out how the set's going to go together and play with things on the stage. So it was kind of fun to have that. That I think creative outlets are, in general, are a good way of em embracing your creative outlets is a good way to kind of um, take care of yourself. Um, one thing that my fiance and I have noticed, we sort of accidentally have fallen into doing puzzles together. And puzzles are, it, puzzles have a funny way of, you can't, you can't think about anything else when you're trying to figure out what goes, where does this piece go, right? Um, so we did a puzzle on uh, Christmas Day, and it, it was way bigger than we expected, 2,000 piece, and it took us a while. But it was nice because it was a way of, we could be worrying about other stuff now, but it's Christmas. Let's, And so we spent all this time pouring over these tiny puzzle pieces, putting this puzzle together, and it was just a great way to sort of disconnect and and not stress about all the other stuff in life that we have the rest of the, the rest of the year to, to worry about. So I think there's lots of ways that you can, you can do that. Like I said, for me, it's about, I tend, I, I personally tend to be an overthinker. And so, you know, I, I actually have been guilty of, I'll, I'll admit in this public space that I, I, when I'm worried about a conversation I may be having in the, in, in, in the near future, like, okay, I'm going to meet with this person. And I'm really stressed about it. So I role play the whole conversation in my head. Well, I'm going to say this and they're going to say, well, I don't agree with that. And blah, blah, blah. and then I go through this whole thing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a horrible conversation. And then when I actually have the conversation, it never works out the way I thought about it. So why did I, why did I do that to myself? Right? So because I overthink every possible and, and oftentimes I get pessimistic in that. Right? So my own self-care is let that crap go. Right? Just live in the moment and expect the best rather than expecting the worst and don't overthink it. So for me, self-care is always about how do I not overanalyze? How do I not overthink stuff? Um, and for me, it's especially you doing things with my hands, woodworking, but even other things like playing with a puzzle, anything where it's, it requires your focus and it takes the, 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 the fog of all the other stuff away. That's, that's self-care for me. Right. Yeah. Well, so you also serve, you're, you're not just somebody who's sort of like doing important work in the world and figuring out how to care for themselves. It's like literally your day job to provide care for other people in all kinds of diverse circumstances, everything yeah. from wanting to figure out how to not be grumpy at work to like going through really deep grief and tragedies. And I wonder if you have um, any wisdom you want to share from what you've kind of gleaned in, in doing that work for such a long time that, that you think might be helpful for folk who are listening, particularly those who are like wanting to care for their own wellness and um, keep going in a world that's kind of complicated and chaotic right now. Yeah. I feel like so, I mean, as a pastor, it's such a privilege and responsibility that, you know, really, ideally, the job is about accompanying people, right? 
The job is about being with people at their at their highs and their lows and everything in between. Um, and I, I take that, you know, very seriously. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking about, I went, uh, I had someone who, um, was very seriously ill and went to the hospital and was with the family and they were in surgery and then ICU and, and, um, visited a couple of times over the next few days. And I came, finally came to visit and they were out of the, the, the medical stuff and were able to talk. And, and this person said, well, you know, I, I just feel uncomfortable with the pastor visiting. And I said, well, that's nice, but I'm not here for you in a way. I mean, I am, but I'm not right. I'm here for these other people that, that don't know how to cope. Right. I'm here to provide support, support for them. Um, you've got a team of doctors and nurses that are taking care of, of you. Um, so I think part, and maybe part of the um, part of the lesson is there's there's always a team of people out there that wants to that that wants to care for you, and we're not good at accepting. I don't I don't want to say accepting help because it sounds like we need help to, but but it's more about accepting um, relationship, accepting people letting people care about us right we're bad we're bad at that um we're all bad at that i'm bad at that right um we, we all we all tend to be even even when we have relationships um we tend to be um, fiercely independent right so allowing we are meant i believe very strongly we are meant to be in community whether that of course in my perspective i think church community is an easy community not easy for everyone i get that right i mean some people right but church community is such an easy way to be part of a part of a community that you may not be by birth, but it's people that we're at our best. We're designed to care for each other. That's, that's what we're about. And that's all we're about. I know that sounds weird to say we're about worship and we're about, you know, social justice. Yeah. We're about that stuff first also, but number one, we're about caring for each other and caring for the world and caring love your neighbor is the fundamental thing. Your neighbor may be sitting next to the pew or maybe living across the street or maybe somebody in another country, but it's about love your neighbor. We have to start there. So I think part of, part of so much of what, what you're saying is I think in my lifetime, which is, I'm not that old. Um, we've gone from, I really believe we lost a lot of community in general. Um, you know, I, uh, when I was a kid, we had block parties once a year and people I didn't talk to the rest of the year would, we'd get out and some guy I never met would hand me a burger and a, and a Coke. And I might, you know, my 10 year old butt would sit down in the middle of the street and eat a burger with kids. I didn't know. Like now we don't know who our neighbors are half the time. Right. Um, and so I think there's a lot more people that are sort of lonely, that are sort of, you know, looking for a community. Um, and I said, church, I mean, I think one of the best things to do for yourself is find community, whatever that might be. I, I, I realize I'm sounding a little like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth. I said, I'd like to do these things alone, like working on set alone and doing woodworking alone. That's self-care for me. But I also think if, if we're struggling to find ways to cope with the difficulty of the world, having a community that is 
built to care for you and and doesn't have to be a church of course i'm biased for church but i have a good friend who is not a church goer and says you know their best friends are people they know from the gym and they go to dinner together and they take care of each other they call each other they do things together and they met at the gym like i think if you're intentionally in my community we're in community we have this for some reason we've developed this unhealthy thought that we can do everything on our own and we don't need anybody else and and my and my neighbor is somebody that might be taking advantage of me or might be dangerous or something like that and while that does exist i'm never going to discount that i think we're missing out on how we're, we're created to be in community and and to take care of yourself we need to take care of each other that might be my <laughs> Again, my profession is, is 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 doing that, but I can say I'm going to give an example of my mother. I have no idea. My mother likes to watch the things that I do, so maybe she'll see this. I don't know. Um, but um, she has, over many many years at our church, the church I grew up in, um, sort of taken on like she's sort of I don't know. She like makes a list, or but there's people at church that she takes care of. She knows this person doesn't drive, for instance, and they have regular medical things. And she'll go out of her way to say, well, maybe we can help out and get you to your medical appointments. Or this other person has some other issue. And so we're going to, this person is lonely. And so she kind of adopts people over time. And she has, you know, five or six people she kind of takes care of. She and my stepdad take care of. And they just, that's just what they do because they recognize that we, we can't, you know, live in a vacuum. We have to, we have to care for each other. Um, and I, I really believe that, yeah, there are lots of um, things we can do for ourselves by ourselves. But the first thing is identifying community that, that we can, where we can connect with others. And, and I think part of caring for ourselves is being able to care for others. Right. So. Yeah, I see that. I see that in the work that you do. I see that in in the ways that you're, um, kind of in your professional way of being in community at in in kind of St. Luke's in your professional, um, kind of reaching out to other people who do similar collegial work, um, but then also in your in your private life finding different groups of communities that you're reaching out to and. And caring for folk. If if people want to connect with you and and figure out how to be in community with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I could have put it on the screen like you did, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> okay, you can say it, and I'll put it in the boxes down there. Um, uh, certainly, um, you can contact me at my. Uh, you can email me. I I don't really do Twitter, but I could do um, email. Uh, my email is big man tisdell at yahoo.com um i'm 6 7 220 pounds in case you wonder why the big man comes from um um and i'm here at st luke uh st luke lutheran in sunnyvale and and can be can be found there wherever um yeah i i was i actually was while i was saying that last little bit i was thinking about when i first met you um um was a through a cross-cultural experience and you had asked the group of about a dozen people, give or take 10, 10 people or so, 
to to write um, blog posts on their experiences of the three weeks. And um, at, at no, I I'm the only one that did it at first, and everyone else said, "Oh yeah, we'll 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 get to it at some point." And then like another week passed, and still no one else had posted anything. And after about a week, people said, "Just post for us." And then occasionally people would say, well, make sure you mention this or that in your thing. And I'm like, how did I, how, how did I become like, I'm not the gifted writer or whatever, but I, I like, I ended up, but it, I got, it, in a way it was taking care of other people, right? It wasn't me being the goody goody doing the assignment. It was more about maybe a little bit, um, but it was, but it was about, it was a stressful, difficult experience and it was just one more thing that people just didn't have the energy for so it became something that i did for for my colleagues right um so and that's how i met megan well and you're a good writer so google google dan i'll put some links to some of your writing too wait i happen to have something nearby oh, by wow. will the furnace hey that's good promo. Good job. This was a lot of fun. And we, we've talked for, oh gosh, now a long time about doing it. I think, I mean, part of that goes to what we mentioned earlier about, I think another great way of having, some, I mean, some of this is similar, like putting a puzzle together isn't necessarily creative, right? But having a creative outlet is sometimes a really great. Um, and if, if it, maybe you, you can't, you know, you, you don't know how to be a, a woodworker like I am. You don't have to go out and spend a thousand, two thousand dollars worth of tools and cut your fingers off. I mean, there's creative outlets. I believe I, I, I used to say when I was younger that um, I'm not an artist. I'm not very creative. And I was like, actually, I'm super creative. It's just that I can't draw anything. I draw like a four year old. Right. So figuring out what your creative outlet is, your creative passion or skill or whatever it is and and doing that really does do that thing where you disconnect and you can kind of um get take care of yourself like by doing something something creative like that so i feel like i, I really believe everybody has that and the people that i know that are that are struggling the most with their own self-care I think a big element is just not having an outlet, not having, um, not have something to do. It's, it's loneliness, but it's not just loneliness. It's like loneliness plus, um, feeling unworthy or, or unloved and gosh, having, having community and having, or, and, or having some kind of creative outlet. Um, the, the administrator here at the church just showed me, um, yesterday, these just, just, um, greeting cards with watercolor paintings on them. And they're all individually done and they're amazing. And I said, I wouldn't give these away. How long does it take you to paint? Like, these are not prints. These are individual paintings on each individual card. I says, yeah, but I enjoy it. Like, what an amazing gift that you're giving someone literally a, a work of art that that is an original work of art and just handing it over to someone. I would never throw that card away, right? But for her, that's literally self-care, right? And it, you also get the added benefit of it's 
showing care for other people, right? In the same way, the creative outlet, it's all that kind of wrapped up into one. So yeah, I love, I love that, that kind of bow on the top of everything, which is just find what's yours in terms of wellness. And if it can be your passion to give it to the world, all more the better. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It has been lovely to talk to you. Appreciate it. Has it. Been. It's been a great, great to, to reconnect a little bit. I didn't.